<laughs> I know it's a challenge, and but he stepped up to the plate. And he's always a, he's such a, an anointed Bible teacher, has a lot of rich rich words, and how it just dovetailed perfectly with the same theme that I'd been speaking on. Well, this week <clears throat> we're going to finalize uh, this series, and we want to turn to um, uh, the first page of my notes. <laughs> Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Hosea 10, 12. And I've been kind of talking about the theory of seed time and harvest and seasons, but uh, this verse really brings it down uh, to the, the point <clears throat> or the application of this principle in a, into our daily lives. And if you don't get this, all of the rest of it is wasted. Okay, If you don't understand how to apply the biblical truths into your lives then all of the theory, all of the theology, all of the philosophy, all of the principles have no real purpose or, or, or fruit. Okay, <clears throat> It's not ideas that change lives. It's not theories that uh, change lives. It's truth applied practically daily into your lives that results in uh, transformation. And so that's where we're going, to, going toward. <clears throat> Isaiah 10.12 is a very strong verse probably familiar with it. <clears throat> Just going to look at it and talk about it. It says, Sow to yourself righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rain righteousness on you. <clears throat> and Hosea was one of the prophets of old and he was speaking to Israel who was in a, they were in a season, the nation of Israel, who were the people of God, uh, supposedly, those who knew God's word had relationship that had that went back literally generations with Jehovah had the word of God, but had lived inconsistent with God's law and God's principles and God's truth, inconsistent with uh, relationship with God, and were suffering the consequences. And God would raise up prophets to proclaim truth and to call them into uh, repentance and and uh, to call them back. And, and this verse, so for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till it comes and rain righteousness upon you, is a very clear <clears throat> uh, uh, explanation of the principles that we're talking that you reap what you sow. Okay, what you What you want to harvest in your life you know, if I want tomatoes, I don't go out and buy celery seeds. Right? You know, if I want, <clears throat> if I want carrots, I don't buy tomato seeds. It's just a simple principle that whatever fruit I want in my life, I have to plant seeds in uh, accordance or consistent with that. That's what sowing means here. It's not sowing S-E-W. It's sowing. It's planting. And uh, <clears throat> it says, sow to yourself righteousness reap in mercy. Well, I've known this verse for many years, decades. And as I was meditating on this, I thought, this is interesting. It says, sow righteousness so that you reap mercy. <clears throat> Think about that for a minute. Do what's right Plant seeds of righteousness, and you'll reap mercy. Not justice. 
key here. Very important key. Sometimes we think that if we do the right things, we can, we can have confidence that the right things will happen to us. But God's command is so righteousness and you'll reap mercy, not justice. And this is where there's a distinct and significant difference between the principle of God's Word of sowing and reaping and the idea of karma in an ungodly sense. And I'll talk about that a little more in a minute. Because justice would say that regardless of how good your actions are, you still deserve eternal damnation. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of our righteous deeds compared to God are like filthy rags. The Bible says that. In comparison to God's righteousness... Even our best efforts are miserable failures. But God is a loving parent. The word that came forth today. And so He wants to teach and instruct and transform us to become God-like. To become like Him. And so there's there's a principle here that if we behave in righteous ways, if we sow According to righteous, one translation says, so with a view unto righteousness. In other words, with righteousness as your end goal. That you're hoping that these seeds, whatever you plant in your life, whatever you invest in your life, whatever you bury into the soil of your heart, will bring about fruits of righteousness that will obtain for you mercy. Not justice, but mercy. Right? Because even, even if we sow as best we can righteousness, and we are, because God wants to develop in us the character of righteousness. He wants to reproduce righteousness in us. But that enables us to receive His mercy. And that's what we want. Because that's what we need. Alright? We don't want what we deserve, do we? Alright? <clears throat> So how do we not get what we deserve? We sow righteousness and we have hope and mercy. I love it when I, when I get, I got this revelation and I was like, I wonder if anybody else agrees with me. (laughs) So I looked at my commentaries. I love it when I find some guy that, you know, two, three hundred years ago had the same revelation. You know, then I know I'm not making it up. It says, literally, this is a commentary, a commentator named Barnes lived back in the 1700s. He says, literally, in proportion of mercy, not in proportion to what you have sown. In proportion of mercy. What will you reap? You will reap in proportion or in the measure of mercy, not in the proportion of what you have sown nor what justice would give, but beyond all deserts. Beyond all that you deserve, you can have hope that if you sow righteousness, you'll reap mercy. Beyond 
what you deserve and into the abundance, the proportion of mercy according, listen to this, according to the capacity and fullness of the mercy of God. Wow. What becometh the mercy of God? You understand what that means? It means you will reap what becometh the mercy of God or what is like unto, what represents God's mercy. And God's mercy is boundless. Okay? There's no limit to His mercy. How do you tap into that mercy? You sow seeds of righteousness. It says, "...which overlooketh man's failing and giveth an infinite reward." for the poor imperfect labor. As our Lord says, Give and it shall be given to you. But He goes on. He says, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, men shall give into your bosom. And so even Jesus' word in the New Testament, Give and it shall be given to you, He actually says it will be given back, but in abundance. Pressed down, shaken together. When I was a kid, we had we had uh, lots of vegetables and raspberries and blackberries and raspberries. You pick and then you shake the container so that it, they kind of settle down. And you can get significant more raspberries in there if you shake the containers. Every time I read this verse, I think of shaking raspberry containers because <laughs> it's like it's like magic. You shake and they just snuggle in together, and then you put more on and you shake, and then it's overflowing, <clears throat> and that's. How that's this is the dynamic, okay? You need to understand this, but you need to believe it, okay? That when you sow righteousness, you can have an expectation of mercy in proportion to God's infinite mercy beyond, and not according just to what you sow in righteousness, but beyond, <clears throat> overflowing. It says, if the earth gives uh, larger fruits than it received, how much more shall the requiring uh, requiting of mercy repay the manifold more than thou gavest. What this means is <clears throat> you take a single seed of corn and you plant it. You don't have a plant that produces one corn seed. Right? right. That would be kind of useless. <laughs> How many seed kernels come from one corn seed? Who knows? So I'm sure somebody calculated it. Look it up on Google. All right. How many apple seeds come from one apple? How many apple seeds can be produced from one apple seed? Countless. For years, even generations. All right. And that dynamic of the earth is the dynamic that God says that if you sow righteousness, you'll reap mercy in exceeding abundance to the proportion that you've sown. All right. <clears throat> Uh, and this also brings into a, 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 another dynamic of why this is so different than the idea of karma, which is an Eastern idea, and I didn't bother the research. I'm fairly familiar with it. And the idea of you know whatever you do, you're gonna you're gonna get uh, something equal in return. It's based on the <clears throat> whole Eastern idea that there's a there's a positive energy and a negative energy within the universe that that uh, balance out one another. And that if you and and you seek the the equal amounts of positive and negative, so you can be really balanced, <laughs> you know. And if you get uh, too much of one or the other, your life is imbalanced. And so that's the whole idea behind karma and <coughs> yin and yang and and the, seeking the balance. And so the, you try to make up 
uh, for bad deeds by doing good deeds. And in every, really every religion has this aspect in it, uh, whether it be Hinduism or Islam or even uh, religious Christianity. <clears throat> if you do something bad, you better watch out. You better pray extra hard. You better do something good to balance out because you're going to reap what you sow. And there's this idea that there's this, there's this impersonal balance that uh, I have to make up for my bad. But it's, the difference here is that it's not impersonal. Okay? Mercy is not a mechanism. It's relationship. And God is treating you and I as children, hopelessly unable to provide for ourselves, and in a fallen state. But He wants to teach us that if we learn to sow and invest into our lives rightness and righteousness, we can expect mercy as a result. Alright? Abundant mercy that overflows. And that's why you can do right things and bad things can happen to you. Alright? Because it's not this impersonal balance. You also can do really good things and the, 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 the fruit of other people's iniquity in your lives, you can reap. Or even people that your parents and your grandparents. It's another whole teaching. But we live in a fallen world. So guess what? We're in the midst of a whole bunch of iniquity and sin and wickedness. Right? Yeah, there's all kinds of plants growing and producing all kinds of noxious fruit. And we're living in the midst of that. And sometimes we get, get hit by the picker bush. And sometimes, we get, sometimes those things are poisonous. And we can suffer, but we sow righteousness, not demanding justice, putting our hope in mercy. <clears throat> mercy is God's kindness, His, His, His godliness, beauty. Beauty. It could be translated beauty. We show righteousness and we'll reap beauty. Favor, good deeds, loving kindness, mercifulness, pity. <clears throat> it goes on to say that we are, we are called to do this. It says, so to yourselves. And there's another verse that says, our, our goodness reaches, reaches not to God, or in another translation, it says, uh, uh, "It doesn't. Uh, our, our goodness doesn't go up to God. Our goodness is not for God's benefit. When we do good, it's not like God is. It, it helps God out. It's a so for yourselves. And, oh, it's not about me. Guess what? A lot of it is about you. God wants your life to be better. He's trying to teach us how, and how is to sow righteousness." If it, it, it's our gain to sow righteousness in our lives, all right, and we will bear the reward according to His mercy. It says <clears throat> that it is uh, not only in this life that we can expect righteousness, but also in the life to come. All right, and there's a very important truth here that we must understand. We'll look at this again uh, when we read the verse in, in the New Testament. But <clears throat> there's a portion of our inheritance that we will reap here. But the majority of the reaping, what we are storing up for ourselves, will be enjoyed in heaven. Will be enjoyed in the afterlife when we come back. When the earth is completely purged of all of that negative uh 
ungodly, destructive wickedness, and we can enjoy the fruits of our labors and our investment. <clears throat> it's for our good. It's for our benefit. Uh, the commentator goes on and says, grace, grace well used draws more grace. Grace well used draws more grace. God giveth grace upon grace, it says in John 1.16. So that each good deed full of grace is the seed, or the seed corn, of larger grace. Okay? Each good deed that's sown in grace, that's done out of a relationship of love and faithfulness with the Lord, is seed that's going to produce Increase harvest. It says if you humble yourself, this is again the commentator, it stimulates you to humble yourself more. If you pray, it stimulates you, it, it makes you long to pray more. If you give, you want to give more. <clears throat> it is in the world to come. And he quotes an older guy. This is <laughs> from the 1700s. He says an older guy, a holy man once said, Our works do not pass away as it seems, but each thing done in time is sown as the seed of eternity. The simple will be amazed when from this slight seed he or she shall see the copious harvest arise, good or evil, according as the seed was. You'll see, you will see in part some of the fruit, some of the produce, some of the harvest of the seed you've planted in your life. But you won't see clearly until eternity. And then you'll see. <clears throat> but there's a warning, too. Well, first, let me go on. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rain righteousness on you. In the Amplified, this is read, So for yourself, according to righteousness, uprightness and right standing with God, reap according to mercy and loving kindness, break up your uncultivated ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, to inquire for and of Him, and to require His favor till He comes and teaches you righteousness and reigns His righteous gift of salvation upon you. We're going to unpack that in just a minute. <clears throat> Another translation translates the same Hebrew in a much shorter way. <laughs> English Standard Version says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that He may come and rain righteousness upon you. And I'll bring out a couple of points out of that uh, verse, <clears throat> this portion, verse 12. One is, it's time. Alright? It's time. Everyone says, it's, say, it's time. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> it's 1024. <laughs> it's time to seek the Lord. Alright? When... Right. Another commentator says, <clears throat> It is time to do it. Hey, I'm talking to you. God's talking to you. God's telling me to tell you personally. I could go by each one of you, look at you in the eye, say, Hey, hey, it's time. Now. No, 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 no. Now. No, now. But I get it. No. 
now. <clears throat> it's time to do it. It's high time. It says the husbandman, or the farmer, sows in seed time, and if that time is far spent, he applies to the work with the more diligence. In other words, if it's, if it's time to plant and you haven't planted, you've got to get your rear end in gear and get it done or else you're going to lose the harvest. Okay? And God's word to you is it's time. It's high time. Seeking the Lord is to be every day's work. But there are some special occasions given by the providence and grace of God when it is, in a particular manner, time to seek Him. And I'm telling you, this is a time to seek God for your own benefit. Maybe for your life. Maybe for the lives of your children. Certainly for the lives of our generation and this nation. It is not time to be distracted with other pursuits, but to seek first the kingdom of God. You must prioritize in your life seeking righteousness so that you can reap mercy. It's time. If we do our part, God will do His. <clears throat> if we sow to ourselves in righteousness and we be careful and diligent to do our duty in a dependence upon His grace, He will shower down His grace upon us. Paul says the same thing in 2 Corinthians. He says, In an acceptable time, quoting the Old Testament, I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. And God, <clears throat> through His servant Paul, writes in the, whole, in the New Testament, He says, Behold, or says, Listen to this! Look at this! Now is the acceptable time. Behold! Now is the day of salvation. It's never tomorrow. It's never yesterday. Okay? The moment that you need to seek God, the moment that's acceptable to God is now because God lives in the eternal now. Alright? You can't put it off till tomorrow. There's something God is calling you to do to seek Him now. And I'm exhorting you to do that. To seek to inquire for and of Him and to require His favor. Okay? That's the Amplified. That's kind of like what the words really mean. It means to inquire. What does inquire mean? What's another word for inquire? Quick! To ask. Alright? I ask for what? No, Him. To seek for and of Him and to require His favor. I require. I require. Think of going to God as a person. Get rid of the idea of Eastern karma and your, your concept of sowing and reaping. That is obnoxious to God. Okay? That is a corruption. Alright? He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to be so righteousness so that He can pour out favor on you as His child. Not according to what you deserve, but far in abundance. When you do right, He will reward you with abundance. Alright? But He wants you to come with a heart attitude that you require His favor. Not His justice. Do you see the difference? 
to live in a way that you require. To seek Him in a way that requires His favor. To stand before Him and say, God, I require, not just you, but I require your favor. You know what favor means? You know, that He favored, you're like, I'm His favorite. I'm a favored son or daughter. He likes to be around. That means you want to position yourself in relationship to Him that God likes to be around you. That he's, He just favors you. He's always giving you stuff. Pours out mercy. <clears throat> and it can be translated, till He comes. And then another translation says, that He may come. So how long should we seek Him? Until He comes. Simple. Anybody not understand that? <laughs> now you've got to apply that specifically into whatever situation you're seeking Him. So maybe you're seeking Him for financial peace or prosperity. Well, you continue to seek Him until you see His, in that area, until you see Him come and start pouring out His favor in that area. Alright? And then you continue to thank Him as you experience the abundance. If you're seeking Him for personal righteousness, you continue to seek Him until He comes. When do you stop? When He comes. And then you start enjoying His presence. You don't stop until He comes. Alright? Period. There's no other option. Any other option is giving up. It's disbelief. It's unbelief. It's rejecting the gift of the Father when He sent His Son. You believe for a time and then you give up. That's not belief. Alright? So you, you seek Him till He comes... But it also is so that He comes. It enables. It opens. God's waiting for you to seek Him diligently because He's a rewarder of those who seek Him diligently. God is in heaven seeing there's a time. And this is different for different spheres of your life, different areas of your life. And He is waiting to see if you're diligent or if you sowed the seed. Because if a farmer plants a seed, it doesn't pop up instantly. It's like, whoa! You know, it's not magic, right? How many have ever planted a plant and have it pop up instantly, so you had to jump back. Now, that's fairy tale. <clears throat> you plant the seed, and then you wait. All right? And God's waiting. We need to wait. Let me read on. <clears throat> so, so that He comes and rains righteousness upon you. Psalm 72, speaking of the Messiah, says, He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing. I thought, what's that? why does it say before mowing? You know why? Because every time my dad would say, you've got to go mow the lawn, if it started raining, I didn't have to mow the lawn. <laughs> I could just rest. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably not. Right. Graham can debate that. <laughs> Before the rain. So in other words, you're about ready to go out and work, but then the rain comes. And it's beautiful. Ever been out in the field with tall grass and it starts to rain? A, a, a spring thunderstorm and the Thunder is just rains, and that's a picture of Jesus. He will come and rain upon you, um, <clears throat> and shower uh, with showers that water the earth, like showers that water the earth. In His day, righteousness will flourish, and there will be an abundance of peace. And then, verse thirteen in Hosea, <clears throat> got a couple more minutes here. Hang in there. Um, the prophet says, "You have plowed wickedness." And you have reaped iniquity. 
You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own ways in the multitude of your mighty men. All the good that's promised doesn't negate the warning. And it's interesting that the negative example, the people of Israel who knew better but chose to sow or plow wickedness, reaped iniquity. Iniquity, which is the inner brokenness of spirit that makes you inclined to be disobedient. It's not merely the act of disobedience, but the inner state of being broken or bent or twisted is the fruit of sowing seeds that are wicked, allowing wickedness. And you have eaten the fruit of lies. You've believed lies. And you've trusted in your own way. You've relied on your own strength. All of these things are warnings that if we do those things, we won't reap mercy. We will reap iniquity. In other words, there will be, just as there's a planting of a seed and that seed reproduces itself a hundred, a thousand times what was planted, when you sow wickedness, you're going to reap iniquity. Alright? And your life will be filled with weeds that don't produce life, that don't produce nourishment, that are just pain. How many like pain? God's saying, if you don't want that, listen to me. Sow right. Righteousness. Reap mercy. Same principle is taught in Galatians in the New Testament. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. This is, a, this is based on the verse in Hosea. <clears throat> For he sows to the flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. But let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Let me read another verse. Uh, same verse in a different translation in the message. It says, don't be misled. Hey, don't be misled by, uh, by what you see and hear on television and other people, in your own heart. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. And you know why there's a warning? Because it's tiring. And sometimes you keep doing good for years and years and you don't see it. But then it comes. At the right time, we will harvest a crop if we don't give up or quit. I'm going to finish with one last verse. In two different translations. James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. James, brother of our Lord Jesus, writes, Be patient, brethren. James was martyred for being a pastor. Bless you. 
But he writes, be patient. Until the, when? Until the coming of the Lord. Till He comes. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And in the message, Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the Master's arrival. You see, farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. Steady and strong. The Master could arrive at any time. Amen? Welcome, Bill. He's got some more announcements.